right, welcome to the first ever podcast from the Cabin Collective. This is uh, Dave here, owner and operator of the Cabin Collective. Also, I have Nath. Hey, ho. And I have Scott. Hello, everybody. Everyone's on the casting couch here. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so basically what this podcast is going to be about is we're, we're going to delve into a bit about the tattooers that work here. Some of you guys might know, some might, may not know, but uh, the Cabin Collective is a tattoo, coffee and music, well, tattoo studio, coffee shop and music venue, all in the Maitland area, New South Wales, Australia. So uh, it's a pretty diverse kind of place. And um, this is basically, first one's a bit of an introduction into who we've got working here, artist-wise. And we'll probably throw in a bit of bit about the coffee and um, a little bit of music as well into the this first podcast. All right, so <clears throat> what I'm going to do is going to head straight into uh, talking to Nathy. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. All Pretty right. good. So I've I've got a uh, I've got a some written down questions here, but you know we're gonna we're gonna take it pretty easy. It's gonna be pretty pretty laid back. Bit of a chat. Just let everyone know what you're about, um, where you came from, that kind of thing. <coughs> yeah. And not not your mum. Not yeah, <laughs> not, no. not that far back. We won't talk about. That. <laughs> All right. So first question I've got up is, uh, where did you start and why? So why why did you get into tattooing and obviously first place yeah um well aside from the fact that tattooing was really the only way to actually make money as an artist in general um it was something it, it was something that i was altogether interested on like since kindergarten or primary school i was pretty much drawing on myself and others and um yeah i started i started developing a portfolio when i was about 15 and um, then, uh, yeah, landed myself an apprenticeship at uh, Crossroads Tattoo in Glendale, which is now known as Impact at Crossroads. Yeah. <coughs> which I actually worked at earlier on in my career. Yeah. When it, when it was Impact and at a different venue. Yeah, yeah, before it moved. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, cool. So, um, like, for those of you guys that that um, have seen Nathan's art, you'll, you'll understand it. Um, but basically, you know, he, he, you look at Nathan's art and you can tell straight up that he's, you know, he's born with, there was nothing else this guy, not not nothing else he can do, but he was <laughs> always <much>. going <laughs> to do this. Yeah. It, it was just, you can just tell it in his art, you can tell it in his, well, we can tell it, Scott, in his demeanour at, at work, like... Oh, yeah, for sure. He's definitely know. like, you know, no disrespect to anyone else that works here, but he's definitely the, like, full, like, artist yeah, out of yeah. everyone here. You know, everyone knows that too. Like we all like to draw and do art. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. There was there was never any other future for this guy. Nah, he likes drawing fluffy bunnies and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Decapitated fluffy bunnies. Yeah, yeah. So you can check out Nate's stuff on his Instagram page. What's, what's your Instagram page? Uh, Lazy Lion One One Two Two. Yep. So if you head over there, you'll be able to see how um, demented this guy's brain actually is. <laughs> <laughs> You know, his art style is very, um, very morbid, and we love him for it. <laughs> so, talking time-wise, um, how long you've actually tattooed, 
and, and this is going to come as, as a massive surprise to some people that do actually know his art and aren't checking it out for the first time. Yeah. Um, I've been apprenticing all up for about approximately three years. Oh, I'm not an apprentice anymore, but um, I was, I've been tattooing um, for approximately two years. Yeah. 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 And, and for those people that, that are kind of checking out his work as you're listening to this podcast, you know, what, what he's done in two years is pretty amazing. So um, He's killing it. Yeah, yeah. And just kind of seeing the potential that, that Nath has and, um, and where he's going to go is kind of pretty exciting for the shop. Um, must be pretty exciting for yourself too. It is. All right, so <coughs> we, we've touched on this a little bit, but... Um, your art ideas and training, so, you know, <laughs> art ideas are definitely from a bit of a morbid place, which I think is cool as, but, uh, you know, what, what are your kind of, <coughs> what do you got training-wise or and um, any inspiration-wise, I guess? Um, I've, I've definitely got a lot inspiration-wise from um, heaps of other artists or um, even, like, musicians, um, any, like, I don't. I don't have any formal training artistically. I just myself artistically. I'm self-taught. But um, tattooing-wise, I was. I was sort of. I didn't have a set mentor. I sort of um, apprenticed under like a few different people. I was like the shop apprentice and took bits and pieces off multiple different people. But um, I think namingly, like the one artist that um, taught me the most at the beginning was um, my cousin, um, Kane Steinman, or otherwise known as Rydink Tattoo on um, Instagram. He's an amazing artist. And, um, yeah, so he he mentored me through, like, the, the very, very early stages. And then from there, I was meeting different artists and picking up bits and pieces from them. And, um, yeah, like, ideas, ideas artistically... Um, hard to say really there's no there's 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 no um there's no specifics that sort of come from from, yeah yeah, bits and pieces from everywhere yeah and i think like going back to um what you're saying they're learning off a few different artists and like you weren't saying that as a bad thing that's just the way that it happened for you oh yeah yeah like what are you what are your thoughts on that i reckon that's the best I um, can learn. I think you, you can. You'd be stupid to not think you could learn from anyone, whether it be, <clears throat> you know, an apprentice that's just started or, or a 14, 15 year veteran. Like, someone's always got some sort of knowledge that, that can help you out. And it's, does that mean I'm a veteran? Yeah, definitely, hundred yeah. percent. <laughs> but it's um, you know, information. If someone's willing to give you information, and you know, being nice and just uh, listening to it is, you know, gets you a long way. Like, you don't yeah, necessarily have to do it. Again. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Pick everyone's brain. That's what I'll say. That's right, because every artist tattoos differently. Oh, heaps, um, yeah. Approaches their tattoos differently. Yeah, very differently. Um, and I'm talking just technique-wise as well as, you know, line work and shading and, yeah. and whatever it is. You know, everyone um, approaches it very differently. So yeah. taking what you can from each artist, I think I think it's the best way to learn. Yeah, I've always been like that. Yeah. So keeping with the inspiration, um, I've got a question here. So music. Now music's a big part of this shop. We have we have live music come through. Um, we we play 
generally kind of I wouldn't call it middle middle of the road stuff, but there's there's not too heavy death metal-y kind of stuff and <laughs> yeah. no opera, but kind of everything in between. Yeah. But music's big for all of us working here. I I I just can't help but see that. Has it has it kind of formed a bit of an inspiration for yourself? Yeah, very very largely. Like musical artists, I think um, I learnt the most from like mentally, not so much like technically. Yeah. So like visual artists, I'll look at like techniques that they've used and stuff like that, and I'll apply that to my own works. Whereas with musical artists, I'll study like like their mentalities on different concepts and stuff like that. And yeah, so I've probably gotten the most from musical artists. And yeah, my tastes in music are all around like um like new metal i guess or different kinds of metal but mostly new metal and then there's some like hip-hop and rap artists that i'm also really into yeah yeah. but yeah yeah which has shaped a bit of your i guess it kind of shapes where you go with your art it does i think that's where i'm kind of putting it into this, yeah. this question form i think i think it definitely serves as like a um catalyst and like like especially for um artists such as myself i think it um it helps maintain you being like expressive when you can't quite muster it up yourself yeah 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 yeah. that's totally right so style wise what do you what do you like tattooing Um, yeah um tattooing wise i've like even artistically i've always been more of like a black and gray artist i've 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 tried many different things um I used to be a lot more like versatile with it than what I am currently until I developed like my own niche and style and stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, mostly like black and gray. Um, that's something I'm like always consistently aiming to um, perfect and learn new things with. Um, otherwise, color, I sort of stayed devoid of that for a while. Um, just as of late, I'm aiming to incorporate it into my works a lot more and actually. Um, like learn to do small bits of it i don't necessarily want to be a full color artist but yep. i want to utilize it just to help things pop a bit more and um as for like styles um really just just pretty much what you see in my art is what i yeah, generally so a bit more a bit more on the darker side a bit more yeah like, like most of it's like line work based sort of scratch scratchy like macabre like darker art sort of stuff so yeah, yeah most of the time it's just that yep and then um you know he's saying scratchy there but then his work is super smooth yeah <laughs> like, not like scratchy, scratchy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah like it's just funny you know the, the way it's explained but the way he actually intentional scratchy yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that's right yeah, yeah. Professional chaos. Yeah, <laughs> organised chaos. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, what what made you want to come over to the cabin? Um. Well, a multitude of different things. It was um. Well, first of all, like, which is pretty obvious to anybody that comes in here, it's very, very different and unique for so many different reasons. Um. First of all, the fact that it's that I get like free coffee, <laughs> <laughs> and um. Yeah, you it's really can't beat free coffee. Can you, you can't. Yeah, that's, that's the only reason that we opened this place. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. So I could give myself free coffee. Yeah, but you're paying for it. <laughs> yeah. You know what, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. Yeah. It's a. It's it. Um. 
it ropes in so many different kinds of people through so many different means. So, like, yeah, the bands that play here and, um, yeah, the fact that it's a cafe slash with a um, um, tattoo shop altogether it's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it doesn't it doesn't feel so intimidating <laughs> when you first walk in and it smells like like a surgeon's or something <laughs> yeah, or, or like you're at the dentist so yeah, yeah. it's it's a warm and homely feeling and yeah it accommodates all different kinds of audiences and yeah and just i think that really rings true like um mm. you you kind of watch what comes through the doors you know we've got essentially a coffee door and a tattoo door it's all in one big building yeah and people obviously enter wherever but um you just kind of watch people enter and the the um the different demographics that we get in this shop is yeah huge yeah definitely you know, we'll have um well that's what you want tattooing for everyone yeah that's right you know we'll even have down to like you know there was an 80 year old couple here last week not getting tattooed just coming for the coffee and just watching tattoos and you know, I think that's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, we even have things down to mothers' groups. Now, now some of those mothers have even booked in for work as well, just small work. But, you yeah. know, that's that's what we're all about. We're, we're yeah. open to, to any demographic and not, and not making them feel like they're in this place they shouldn't be. Yeah. You know, and they can they can just come in and get tattooed and there's no no bs to go with it yeah yeah and like everything feeds ev everything else as well which is i guess like what the whole point of it really was and that's just the substance of like a successful business altogether so <coughs> yeah i'm yeah, very happy to be here and um, now so heading over to the the music part of the the um the business here so we we have bands come in we try to keep it fairly acoustic so it's not blastingly loud uh, for us working but every you know we had uh the Saturday just gone there was a band with with a full drummer <laughs> yeah. and you know how do you kind of deal with the gigs do you just do you just kind of turn off or I um yeah I I kind of just like dissociate and put my headphones in a bit but like it's never been it's never been so um so bad that I've like that it's frustrated me or anything like like the loudest one we had was this saturday yeah, one yeah. and yeah then then it was yeah that was pretty intense but <laughs> like, but yeah it's good and yeah i just put my headphones in and i do my own thing and i can still work comfortably yeah yeah and we um we've talked about this obviously off the podcast but um kind of assimilate it to doing the conventions yeah where, yeah you know, exactly you know, there's, like that hundreds of things going on it's ours is just a bit smaller scale but so is the building yeah so it's it's kind of that same same mm. kind of feeling yeah you know you're in this cool environment there's all this stuff happening and you can still kind of sit mm. down and do your work and then you know where, where scott tattoos um he's kind of not not in a walkway as such but he's in our um the rear kind of uh, room of the building so people do walk through there to go outside, and but you love it, don't you? Yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. Like yeah. as you said, I, I've tattooed at a convention and um, with Nathan actually, and um, I don't know. Once you start tattooing, I'm just concentrating on the tattoo. So, so um, you know, as long as no one comes up and touches me, I'm happy for people to come and look and and ask questions. And you know, sometimes maybe I'm vague because I'm concentrating. Yeah, yeah. But I, I definitely don't mind it. People want. There are a lot of people that want to know. You know, that haven't got a tattoo that actually are interested in 
what it entails. And yep. best way for that is to actually see it happening. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I, I noticed the um, the last gig, we I put a few barriers around Scott's booth just because he, he doesn't really have a booth. He, and, um, there, you know, there was people standing right at those barriers looking over and they're, they're just a li- literally a, a stand on a, on a kind of weighted base mm. that they can walk straight through. You know, straight past, but they all st- stood at that barrier. Yeah, everyone was really cool. Until you looked up, and then you're like, "Yeah, come, go on, come in." Yeah. You know? And I thought that was really respectful, and yeah, you know, yeah. and it, I guess it's that that whole what what we're doing is that that fair, fairly different kind of vibe that mm. people go, "All right, this is you know, I don't have to get drunk and because I'm going to see a band and yeah, you know, so it's quite respectful on on that kind of stuff." Yeah. So heading back to Nath, we got um, <laughs> next question. We we have um we have food trucks come into the uh to the not into the building, sorry, out the front of the building, and we have them quite often here. So yeah, adds adds to the dynamic of the shop, and people can because we've got the cafe, we weren't allowed to serve food because we've got the tattoos in the same building. So we decided to get food trucks along. So the uh. I'm asking the skinniest person in the um, in the group here, but do the uh, food trucks make you fat? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that 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 doesn't really doesn't really apply to me. Like, yeah, if I stand vertically, I I, I disappear. Yeah, so. that's right. No, but uh, on a serious note, you you enjoying the food that comes in and trying different stuff and yeah, yeah, no, the food is really good. It's it's a great plus. I don't have to travel to get food. It's great. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's it's basically our day as a tattooer is you know I remember from other shops, you get in and you're like, oh, right, I've got to go get me coffee, so we don't have to go anywhere for that. And then, uh, you know, it's lunchtime. What am I going to eat? We yeah. don't have to worry about that. We've got the food out the front. So yeah, you know, I th- I think it's an awesome thing. That's a big plus. So heading over to gear. So we're talking tattoo gear, machines, uh, inks that you like, or anything like that. What do you what do you kind of use, and what do you like to use? Yeah, um, I've used a multitude of different machines. I've I've landed myself just primarily using the um, injector um, flight, the V two flight. Yeah. I pr- I pretty much use that for everything. Um, Which is an Australian made yeah machine. Yeah, yeah. Before that, when I very first started, I was using those like R1s, sort of like a dragonfly shape. Yeah. Um, from there, I was using um, like uh, Neotats for a while, then um, like Pike, uh, the coils. Yeah. And um, yeah, but yeah, I, I, I just use the um, flight for everything now. Um, aside from that, like ink-wise, I'm using Ron Mayo's. For for anything black and grey, um, and needles. I'm using cartridges, uh, metrics needles, because they're they're good quality and some of the cheapest ones. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty well pretty well it. Yeah. So for people listening that aren't tattooers, um, so we use a cartridge system now, which is. Oh, it's a pretty recent thing. Well, I've been going for a while, so it's a recent <laughs> thing. But um, <laughs> um, now, 
we got approved as a totally disposable tattoo studio, and I don't mean that on we're going to disappear soon. I mean it on um, so everything we use um, that isn't like a, a machine or a, or a cord running to the machine is disposable, including our needles. So which is, you know, I didn't want to go any way except for that way just to keep the cleanliness up. Mm. So literally everything that touches the skin in this studio is gone and, you know, goes in there's yellow buckets and it goes out of here and gets burned or whatever happens to it. Yeah. Um, so that's what those cartridge systems are. And, um, you know, I'm pretty new to these, as I said to the guys, you know, just then. But um, I, I'm used to using the older style and, you know, watching Nath and Dolan tattoo with them before even Scott was here, I was like, ah. Oh, I think it's time to let go of the old uh, the old ways and yeah. and use these cartridges, and I'm loving them. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, I love just having one machine, and I can have like seven or eight different needle groupings for one tattoo. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, instead of having crazy. seven or eight machines. Yeah, which is what I used to do. Yeah, <laughs> although doing mainly traditional stuff, it was pretty much two. I have to be honest. Yeah, but you know, every now and then, I would I would pick up three or four. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so. Last question for Nathy, but um, how can you see yourself growing at the cabin? So I'm talking, you know, maybe more art-wise. You, you just kind of touched on that with uh, doing a bit of colour stuff as well. Mm. Anything else you can kind of see um, kind of growing here? I'm not entirely sure. I, thi I think, like, the shop... The shop environment like holds fairly little sway on my own sort of like personal um, artistic development. Really, like yeah. I'm developing in the same way, almost like regardless of my environment. But um, but the big plus side here is that I get to work with um, other like really respectable and like well seasoned artists. So yeah. I have a lot, yeah, a lot I can still learn from them, and um, there are other individuals that I can. Um, bounce stuff off at them and yeah, share cool ideas and learn new techniques and stuff. So um, yeah, I can see that that's definitely going to give me a big, big boost like altogether. But um, yeah, I have no idea really how it's gonna how it's going to turn out. It yeah, yeah. It would be a bit boring if I did, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess that's that's life, isn't it? But yeah, uh, yeah. I guess the reason I asked that question is, um, you know, I think we've got a an awesome team here and. Um, Kind of a good work ethic, good work manner, I guess, is, you know, whether that's a, a word or not. Yeah, good tact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can, yeah, I can, I can already feel myself growing more in, in the last couple of months here mm. of working with you guys and having this than I have in the last few years. Mm. You know, just, just in the environment and the, the kind of positive, um, aspect of the shop yeah everybody feeds off each other yeah yeah all right so now we're going to um we're going to he head over to scott on the casting couch how yeah. you doing yeah good Very yeah good. <laughs> all right so we're gonna hit you with some similar questions um where did you start and why um so why did i start um someone like put the idea in my head that like i should become a tattoo artist uh i was 30 when i started so i wasn't you know didn't start till later in life yeah and um 
Which isn't a bad thing. No, nah, no. You get I'm, a bit of life experience in front of you. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm stoked to better late than never type of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was, I was a tradesman for 13 years. And um, so, yeah, I just, you know, went about and got myself into tattooing. And um, my very first uh, job was in a little shop in Raymond Terrace. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate the uh, owner for taking me on. And yeah. uh, he showed me a couple of cool things and, you know, moved on from there. So, yeah. Yeah, sweet. So, um, time-wise and tattooing, how long have you tattooed for now? Uh, all up, about seven years. Yep. Yep, yep so pretty experienced. Um, you know, you've been through most of the, the stories we get. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're always going to come across something new. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, so we, we often get that question, don't we, when we're tattooing as well. What's the weirdest thing that's ever happened to you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or what's the weirdest tattoo you've done? Or where's the weirdest <laughs> spot you've tattooed? Yeah. All right. So keeping it PG, what is the weirdest tattoo you've done? Uh, the weirdest tattoo I've ever done was a new school uh, alien walking his burger monster. That was yeah really cool to do. Cool. It, it took me like two weeks to try and like draw it and get it sort of ready. I want to <laughs> take my time with it because I'm like okay. Um, but yeah, I would say that's definitely the weirdest one of the coolest ideas. Yeah. Um, definitely one of the weirdest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. What about yourself, mate? Again, keeping it PG. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you see some of Nate's drawings, you'll um. <laughs> some are not PG. Yeah, yeah I don't. I, yeah, it's hard keeping it PG. Um. Uh, yeah, I I really can't even answer that question. I think with without staying within the PG. Realms. Yeah, and <laughs> and I think yeah, I think most people would say that most of what I do is pretty weird. So. Yeah. If you just have a look at that, you'll understand. Yeah. <coughs> so going back to Scott with um, your art ideas, inspiration and training as well. Uh, so I'll start with training. I've had no formal training artistic-wise. Just like Nathan said, I was, I guess, just a self-taught artist. Yeah, which I think is the general consensus for most. Yeah. Most artists. Yeah, it's... Um, yeah, I never really just felt the need. I just drew, drew I guess. That yeah, was, yeah. yeah, and um, uh, my inspirations um, come from basically a lot of artists. Um, yeah. I like, you know, if people look at my Instagram page, which is King Pesty Tattoos, uh, I do a lot of, bit of everything. Yeah. Uh, I don't really... So King Pesty Tattoos, all one word? Uh, one word, yeah. Yep. Uh, I don't so make sure you head over and check him out there on Instagram and yeah, check see it out. what he's all about. Yeah, there's... Um, bit of everything I, I like doing a, a bit of everything uh, when it comes to my art I, I guess though I'll, as you guys say a lot of my stuff is like neo trad based yep um, I do like drawing that a lot um, influences like a lot of tattoo artists um, like there's my main influence is Tony Denaire from I think he's from Barcelona yep um, I like Matt Curzon I think he's from Melbourne he's a great tattoo artist uh, um yeah, there's so many what tattoo What kind of artists. style are those guys? Uh, like neo-trad. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, so you do styles. a lot of realistic stuff as well. Yeah, I do, yeah. I like doing... Um, I really want to do a lot more colour realism. Um, yeah. You know, like Nico Atata or, or Tater Tats. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'd love to do stuff like what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, um, So that's... Yeah, I pretty much, yeah, jump on and do most styles, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And same question that I asked Nate, the uh, music 
you know, as I say, we're all quite heavily into the music. Has it has that kind of shaped your your art any any way? Or I would say, I would actually say not so much in my art, but the person that I am. Yeah. Because um, as you both know, I'm very heavily into like my heavy metal and yep. traditional heavy metal, and and I've been that way since I was a teenager, and I think that's more shaped the person that I am. Whereas. Yeah, not as much. Like, I could see music influencing some of Nathan's work. I guess with mine, mine's more um, tattoo artist influenced my work as opposed yeah, to my yeah. music. But, yeah, yeah, definitely love my, my music. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah cool. Um, so what made you want to come over to the cabin? Um, basically, um, I've worked with Dolan and Nathan the past year and a half. Yeah, you just missed Nathan. And I really miss Nathan, yeah. He's so cuddly. That's understandable. He's not cuddly at all. (laughs) Yeah, no, he's quite the opposite. You cuddle him and he breaks. The ice cream. Well, if we cuddle him anyway. Um, Yeah, you know, those guys said you really need to come check this place out, you know. Um, I just want to work in just a chill environment. Um, You know, I want to turn up, do some tattoos, have have a good laugh. Yeah, Uh, get back to the family. Yeah, and be around like-minded people. Yep. Uh, I thought it was a really good opportunity, so I took it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, well, you know, as as owner and operator, I I was ecstatic that you came over. Um, same with the other guys. Like, um, so Dolan was the first one I kind of approached and was like, "All right, you know, I've got this this kind of concept." Yeah. And um, he was like, "Look, you need to have uh, Nath come and work there as well." Yeah. And then um, you know when and you being friends with those guys come yeah. over. A, as well and it was just you know it was just meant to happen yeah i think so like i um you know knowing nathan and dolan we've always worked well together and we've always fed off each other and now being around you and richard as well like it's really great being around everyone's like-minded we're all very different but very like-minded in the same way that just hit my brain to to kind of elaborate on that as well so especially like so me and richard are definitely different to the three of you guys the way we tattoo yeah and then me and Richard are so different opposite ends of the colour spectrum yeah. as such. But um, it's funny seeing you you three guys work because you're somewhat similar in what you do. Yeah. But then so far removed from each other. And and it's it's that that sounds like a, an oxymoron, but um, you know, when you actually kind of break down the, the three guys' work, you know, they, they they all do a lot of black and grey and it's yeah. all a lot of uh, the realistic stuff. Um, would you say super realism or hyper realism, whatever it is, or just more just along realism lines? Yeah, eh? more, more just like realism, I guess. When it's realism, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but all three, you can tell the art completely different from, from each other. Yeah. Which is like, I think that's a massive thing. You know, do, doing the similar style, they could very much look the same. Yeah. But mm. I, c- I can tell with, without, you know, in, in a split second who did that art. To yeah. Just the way it's applied and um, the artistic background between everyone. Yeah. I once had a thought with the three of us. Um, we talked about it a while ago that we should, like, maybe do, like, a, a, the same portrait. Yeah. And all three of us find three people to do it, the exact same picture. Yeah, yeah. And just see how different the three of them are. Like, you could totally pick, you know, mine, Nathan's and Dolan's. Pretty sure there was a really bad TV show years ago that did that. (laughs) (laughs) We can be the next one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
<laughs> but yeah. yeah, no, but that idea is really cool. Well, keeping with that music kind of theme as well, we were just talking about the music and inspiration. But we and we have the gigs here. You know, you've kind of said a little bit, but how do you kind of deal with the gigs um, and the, the amount of people? Because some of the gigs here, you know, our launch party had two hundred odd people. Yeah, walking through the shop. How do you kind of deal with it? Um, I don't know, just the same as me turning up today and tattooing it um, doesn't really affect me. Um, I kind of like it, so I, yeah. I, I want to have a break and... Uh, and check it out. And check it out, <coughs> so I'll, I'll do that, but... Um, I think that's the worst thing about it is when you're doing... When you can't just sit there and watch the band. Yeah. Or, you yeah. know, you're a part of the, um, the the running of the machine as such. Yeah, like, but it's... Um, no, it really doesn't bother me. I, I, I like it. I like the atmosphere of it. Yeah, yeah, it's um, great, hey? Yeah, and like as you said earlier, like, it's cool. Um, when people are there and I'm tattooing and it's happening, people can come and have a look. Um, and, you know, they don't get too close. And yeah, and been really And everyone's been really re- respectful. So, no, I love it. I think it's great. And the last, um, our launch party was our first licensed event, so alcohol-wise. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think it was, it went flawlessly. You know, that's that's a worry. As an owner, I... I always wanted to have it licensed so we, you know, you, your friends could come yeah. and um, watch the bands and have a few drinks and chat to you while you're tattooing. But yeah. then there's the risk of obviously binge drinking and you know people vomiting in your booths and stuff like that. But, but like, no, everyone was good. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't yeah. even a slight worry. I'm was kind it? of spewing. I was tattooing all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's yeah. right. You couldn't get in and have the. Um, yeah. So we had Sailor Jerry's and. Um, alcoholic ginger beer did you, you guys didn't get no, to try it at I all didn't did get you a chance, no. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> see that's how professional we are here <laughs> all right so what, what do you think's the um what's your favorite part of the cabin um my favorite part of the cabin is like uh, it would be the people to be honest yeah it really is um the building itself the whole structure is awesome like the uniqueness of the cabin but it's the people like yeah you know so I think we got a, I think the building is about 88 years old yeah it's it's really and really it's an, cool an old um, petrol station yeah uh, so it opened as a petrol station and then was like a petrol station mechanics for a lot of years and it's funny because where, where uh, Scott's tattooing in like his area was actually a dirt floor only six years ago so it's it's crazy. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. I would definitely say if it wasn't the people, it would definitely be the uniqueness of the building. Though it's yeah. just it's not like anything I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, where we're recording this podcast is up in the um, what would you call it? The attic. The, the attic. The yeah. loft. The loft. We got a yeah. loft, which is probably what would you call it? Square meter wise, it'd have to be uh, two hundred square meters in total. Yeah. I mean, well, it's as big as the shop. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't look as big because of the the, the pitched roof, yeah, yeah, the pitched yeah. roof, but uh, it's huge. It's I kind of it's kind of cool sitting up here actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty chill. It's um, you know, it's it, we do have video as well. Hopefully, it all all goes through and works. But um, you know, it's all all timber. You know, really, really old timber yeah. and uh, big cedar beams. And it's it's like the real heart of of the cabin collective, isn't it? Yeah, in a way? It is, yeah. It is. So he- heading over to the, um, you know, we, we spoke roughly with Nath about the the food here. What are you, what are your thoughts on the food? You you like it? You yeah, enjoying I, it? I was is it making you fat. I was as skinny as Nathan before I started here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, yeah, it's great. I I, I love um, crafty each day's burgers. They're awesome. Yep. Um, 
I try and limit myself to like once a week because it's you know, <laughs> yeah, but it right. is it's really good food and um you know when you smell the food and you start getting hungry and like yeah, today I went, I went to get out something today and I'm like oh damn it's like three o'clock he's yeah. close so I walked to get something but yeah no I love it his food's really good um it's really convenient too so yeah, when we get exactly. something in I just walk out well pay at the counter and walk out the front so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That's it. So heading over to gear, what what gear do you use and what do you like using? So gear-wise, I use um, the Injector Nano, which is the, basically the newer, smaller version of the flight, the V2, yep. uh, which, as <coughs> Dave said, is Australian-made. Yep. Um, so smaller in, well, like I actually haven't seen the two together, it's smaller in size. stature? Or, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. smaller in size. Not smaller motor or...? Um, I think it is a slightly smaller motor. It doesn't. Yep. I, don't, I find it doesn't quite take as many volts as what the the V two yep. does. But yep. I mean, everyone's it's a slightly motor. refined version. I think so. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I use that. I've been using that for a bit over a year. Um, I did used to use like uh, Bishops and Neotats, and I've even had uh, Stigmas. I've had heaps of different machines. I used to use coils for years. Yep. Um, got onto the V two and. Um, thought yeah and and like as you were saying with the cartridges i was like using your standard needles and it's probably been the last year and a half that i've been using the cartridges and got myself a v2 and uh then eventually got uh a nano and uh, i love that setup it's it's a great setup yeah, um, yeah and um inks yeah inks i use uh fusion inks yeah um so we stock fusions as a standard here as yeah, well, but um, you find a lot of people do. It's yeah. fusions the go-to ink, in my yeah. opinion. You know, yeah. Not saying they're the only ink. There's plenty of good no, brands that's right. out there. Plenty of good brands. I just love what, you know how to use them. Um, the black and grey wash is basically um, it's just a dark fusion grey wash. I think it's quite extra dark. Yep. And I just make up my own with that. that yeah, using witch hazel. Yep. Thin it out. Just thin it out. Yeah. Yep. Um, what else gear-wise? Uh, I, I like using my iPad Pro. Yeah, that's um, what I was just about to say. Yeah, I was trying to think. I'm like, yeah, what yeah. else do I use? Yeah, um, I, <laughs> you're, I, you're big on the iPad. I'm Pro. really big on the iPad. I um, I've had it for about a year, even a bit over a year now, and, and I'll do designs on them. I'll make stencils on them. Um, I'll use my iPad. It'll be set up. It's always sitting next to my station because I use it for my reference when I'm tattling. Yeah. So if I've got a portrait, I've obviously got that portrait on my tablet, and I'm which is great because you can zoom in. You can zoom in. You can, um, just, you know, it shows better quality than a printout, yeah, a yeah, paper printout. Sure. So I'm really big on that. I think they're awesome. Um, so I use Procreate on that, which is yeah. really good. Which um, is a pretty pretty standard program for tattooers to use. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of tattoo artists use Procreate. Yeah, um, and I just. Um, I just bought a few brushes, and um, you got them as well, didn't you? Yeah, I've yeah. come up with a few things um, with the extra tools. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of gives you a brush where you can, yeah, you can brush in skulls and and all, yeah, all, all different, different shapes, kind of flash yeah. pieces, I guess. Yeah, but um, um, yeah, it's really cool. I love it. Yeah, it's great. Hey. Yeah. And mass- massive tool, and for what we do, you know, our our stencil machine as well we can send that straight from the iPad to that, which we haven't totally utilised yet because we've been, we kind of hit the ground running, didn't we, with yeah, the shop? Yeah, and I still, I think I usually just still send it to the Photoshop to do it, but yep. it's still, it's super easy. Yeah, that's yeah. right, that's right. Um, so last question, 
how can you see yourself kind of growing at the cabin and um, I guess we can talk art wise um, one of the main things that, that got me to write this question down was it, it, pretty much everyone had said to me I'm drawing so much more just from mm. being here you know and I think that's just talking the environment so I guess that's kind of where that question came from yeah well I, um, I definitely like I'm growing my like my neo trad style of art which I don't tattoo a lot so if anyone's interested I really want to do um, some more of my artwork so if anyone checks out some of my work I, I'll do like my artwork at a discounted rate just to do some I really want to do some more colour neo-trad uh, I want to grow and do yeah like I said earlier more colour realism um, and yeah basically I want to stay solid at one shop and grow clientele and yeah, yeah. Um, and just build from that you know it's um, that's basically what I'm looking for and just yeah be comfortably settled in somewhere and yep, yep. Um, and that was kind of the idea behind this shop so yeah when i did speak to everyone at the start it was kind of like right you know i've been through some i've been going myself about 14 years and um i've been through some all different types of shops mm. you know good good vibes bad vibes awful vibes and you know shops where it wasn't stocked and shops where it was stocked and you know so yeah. I, I knew a pretty good standard to kind of keep the shop and yeah. and and then where the where all the problems lie as well, but I th I think it's just that it's not too hard to create. I don't think, and you know the artists are, are just perfect for this environment mm. that we've got. So I I think it's um yeah it's like I think it's going to be a pretty easy place to grow and keep inspired. Uh, I think so too. I, I like the buzz around this place is unique a lot of people come in and like i just want to check the place out I'm like yeah come check it out have a cup of coffee yeah if that's you ever right. want a tattoo we're here to, to here to help so that's right we don't have to to sell to everyone no you know no you do need a back piece yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah although we always like doing yeah. back pieces. take note though you do need a back piece <laughs> <laughs> actually just quick quickly throwing that over to nath how do you have you done back pieces yet? <laughs> I haven't. No, no you haven't. Um, yeah, because it's a. It, have you yourself, Scott? Um, it's actually funny you should say that. I'm actually working on something. I've never done a full completed back piece, so I'm actually working on something. I'll show you later that yep. um, I probably will end up advertising at a discounted rate. Yep, yep. Just to do like just a, to, yeah, it's a full big color neo trade back piece that I'd like to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've done sleeves and everything like that. I don't think I've ever actually done. You know, you've done you know panels and stuff, but yeah. not full blown back piece. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've done a fair few, um, and what, one of my favourite things is I've done a, a complete body suit. So yeah, that'd be heaps cool. You know, obviously that's the only can come with years because it takes years to do a body suit. Yeah, as well. yeah. But yeah, that's that's a cool, um, cool kind of thing to have in your in your repertoire. Yeah, yeah. Something you've done, yeah. you know, sort of ticked off the list of things yeah. that you can you, you want to do in tattooing and. I still have a lot of things on the list I'd like to tick off, yep. you know, and keep doing. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Any spring to mind? Uh, well, yeah, like a back piece. Yeah, um, as, we just as we discussed, I definitely want to um, do that. Yep. Um, what else do I want to do? A full body suit would be really sick yeah, to yeah. do. Yeah, just yep. you know, over time. Yep. Um, I'm completing. It like takes a lot of dedication from artist and client. Yeah. Though. 
Like I'm doing my, uh, I've done plenty of sleeves, but I think I'm doing my first full biomech sleeve I'm currently working on, which I've always liked biomech, but I've never had the chance to do a lot of it. So yeah. I'm currently doing one of those at the moment, which is really cool. Yeah, well, I seen one you did um, not long ago, and the thing was amazing. Yeah, he's um, I think he's coming back in two weeks actually. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, bit of down, bit of heel time, and then he's back in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sweet. All right, guys. Well, um, thanks for. Thanks for having a chat. This is the first part of our uh, first podcast. So thanks for hanging in there. So we're now with uh, Braden. Um, Braden's our head roaster at the cabin. How you doing, Braden? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, yeah, some of you may know uh, Braden's my nephew. Uh, some people obviously wouldn't know that. But um, yeah, when, when we started here, now bit of a story behind the uh the roasting here i worked as a survival instructor for a couple of years did video survival instructing over in the states uh from here but sent videos over so i researched how to uh roast roast our coffee over fire so when we started here Braden was pretty interested in um how we roast it and the kind of primitive techniques and and that kind of thing and has really honed his skills on uh, on the roasting. So that's that's kind of basically the way you started, hey? Yeah, just you know, going out there, helping you film, and you know, getting in amongst all the well, primitive everything. It wasn't just coffee; it was you know, just survival skills in general. And then just seeing that sort of translate into something completely different, something you wouldn't expect. It's yeah, it's different. It's yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah, so as Braden just said, when I, when I went out and did these these filming things for this company in the States, Braden had often come out with me and yeah, be a, a grip, basically, so he would help with uh, mic placement, camera placement, um, any, of the, any of the survival stuff. You were learning that as you went along yeah, as well, yeah. obviously just by watching and yeah. that kind of stuff. And, and then, you know, so that's, that's the story behind that part. But... Um, so how, how would you kind of explain? So some people do know what we do, some don't. Uh, so as we've just given you a quick heads up on what we do. We, we roast it over fire, but um, I'll let Braden get into a bit more of what we do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, like you said, you sort of, you started off just sort of researching, you know, the way it was done back in the day, you know, the, the traditional primitive style. Yeah, we're talking hundreds of years ago as well. Yeah, and... Um, I guess that's what we have tried to translate in what we do here. We um, use those traditional methods to get those original flavours, you know, what they would have been drinking back in the day, you know, not the, you know, the um, automated processes that we have these days that just make everything the exact same, you know. We want it to be different. So what we do here is, you know, like we said before, is we roast over fire, but... You know, we have the whole, you know, um, tripod set up with the, the big old keg over the fire, you know, getting the, the heat directly into the bean, you know, um, charring the beans. You know, there's a lot, lot of, um, you know, skill that goes into to what we do here. That's right. And, and as Braden just said, charring the beans. Now, for anyone that's right into coffee and roasting, they would balk at that, you know. That's, that's what they're aiming not to do. Mm. <coughs> But what, what we do here is completely different and, you know, our, our first kind of trials at this was 
was trying to follow that that uh, standard where you can't char the coffee at all, you know, mm. and it needs to. If you see oil come out of that coffee, you've gone too far. Yeah. Now we're we're charring the bean, we're pulling the oil out of the bean, and then we're charring the bean as well. So, yeah. you know, there's there's some professionals that have come in and gone, like you you can't yeah. do that. You know, that's not how you do it. And, and then, then taste go, it and yeah. go, okay, it actually tastes really good. Why does it taste good? <clears throat> and it's kind of that whole thing. There's there's not 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 only one way to skin a cat. So we we have we've perfected what we we do now, and, and we're still perfecting as yeah. weather changes. Yeah. So how does you know uh, let, letting everyone know what what the difference is in weather? Yeah, yeah. Well, just like today, you know, being a, a rainy day, um, you know, there's a lot more moisture in the air, um, and generally, when you're trying to roast, you can you can tell the the amount of moisture in the air affects the the temperature that you can get into the coffee. You know, the the difference that you're gonna have being like a fire underneath and having all that moisture coming in through the top of the pot it just gives you a it different really sucks that moisture into yeah it? yeah it does yeah. so it's yeah different completely different with the weather you know <coughs> a hot day you'll find that you'll burn the beans a whole lot more easy you have to be really on top of um, your roasting and yeah it's just um literally every day you have to it's check different. the weather and see what could be different you know now one thing i find fascinating and i've spoke to a few people about it and um i remember because so i've been roasted for a little while now because the tattooing has become so busy and that's my yeah. main um that's been my main job for a lot of years yeah. but um i remember roasting that was not that long ago but roasting and um i could see it start to change and this was a completely sunny day i could see the the roast changing <clears throat> and um, it was reacting like it was a rainy day. Mm. So, you know, I looked up and it's completely sunny and that was just in front of me. So I was just, you know, and it, it just reacted more and more like it was a rainy day and I looked behind me over the buildings. We've got a building behind where we rose so we can't really see and there was a massive storm cell coming in and I could yeah. tell not by seeing the the actual storm cell but by the beans the way yeah, they react yeah. and that just shows you you know we, we can read the weather by <laughs> <Yeah>. our roasting <laughs> yeah well you know you also have to imagine um you know the the beans that you're using you know i think we started originally with guatemalan we did yep and now we've uh, we've got um the beans we're running here is costa rican and ethiopian you know yep. they're two completely different beans yep you know completely just different parts of the world you know so obviously we're keeping on top of that as well you know with the weather you know the seasons and we find that, that you know ethiopian certain beans work with a certain season yeah yeah right. so at the <coughs> moment we're probably i'd probably say that ethiopian's probably running the best at the moment it probably is yeah yep. costa rican is still doing very well but it's just that little bit up and down with the weather yeah because yeah. uh ethiopian i think keeps a good standard yeah yeah it's sort of it it's it, it it already is very dry so if i because i'm you know roasting it you know every day i can sort of tell costa rican comes in and it's still 
it's almost like it's just a lot more richer and a little bit more moister. Yeah. So there's still a bit, a uh, bit more moisture in the bean compared to Ethiopian, which I guess you can obviously, you know, you can tell different regions. That's right. You know, yeah. Ethiopian's obviously going to be a lot drier. Drier climate. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's what I've find, found. Um, you know, lately roasting the coffee, it's just been a whole lot more easier to roast the Ethiopian, or to, just to get it to that, you know, the standard to that, that we standard want. That we want, yeah. Now our our standard is so people that have been into the shop will see our standard is so far left of centre. Yep. You know, even <coughs> even professionals that work in the roasting industry or sell coffee or anything like that will see our beans in the hopper and just like they they can't can't fathom how it looks like that and how we're getting a good flavour out of that. Yeah. And the whole thing about it is, you know, everything's that bit different. So I think there's a, there's a term of where we're roasting it to, and I think it's called French style. So it's basically we're nearly getting them as far as we can get them without burning them. Yeah. And the reason why we do that is we, we, the, the style we roast, we can, we can serve our coffee fresh. Yep. So... Freshness you're going to get yeah. anywhere in yeah. the area. Yeah. So people listening that, that do love their coffee and they say, well, I get fresh coffee everywhere. Now, mm-hmm. what I'm talking is we we literally pull our beans out of the, the big keg that uh, Braden was explaining and they're straight into the hopper. The hopper being where we grind our coffee. Where we grind our coffee. Now, pretty much every other coffee you buy has aged 7 to 21 days to let the oils come out. Mm. But the way we do it, we pull those oils out. So it allows us to serve the freshest coffee that you can get. Yeah, and I guess that's, uh, you know, part of the flavour that everyone can, um, you know, tell when they come in. They, you know, even professionals coming in and, you know, seeing the way that we do it, they taste it and they can tell, yeah, we have different practices, but we're getting them fresh. We're getting them, you know... It's, it's different it's not uh, you know we're not trying to like you've said before we're not trying to beat every other coffee shop that's out right there. we're not trying to be better we're trying to be different we're trying to be different and that's what's getting our customers in they want they want to try something different yep you know like we've said many times before the way that we do it you know with the weather constantly changing our you know the taste is constantly changing yeah that's right so every time you come in you're going to get something different and that's the exciting thing about the cabin collective it's you can come in you can have a different experience every time instead of your usual get up you have your coffee it tastes the exact same as it did you know you know a couple years ago when you last had your coffee you know so it's just yeah we we want to sort of aim for that um experience i guess that's right yeah and, and i think that's a good word for it experience rather than you just go and get your coffee yeah yeah you know, obviously, we still have that, that kind of clientele, but um, yeah. they just come and get their coffee. But we really have people that come in and just, you know, they're they're wanting to see how it tastes that day. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Which and is it's a great not like thing. we're going to be serving up things that oh, today it's just going to taste horrible. No, we're not no, going to do that. Right. You know, there's, there's it's going to be standard. different to within our standards. You know, that's right. So, and that that's what we want to offer our customers. We'll probably uh, we'll finish it up kind of soon on the the coffee part, but um, 
just a few more quick questions. So there's some people that have come into the cabin and have watched you roast and watched me roast as yep. well. And um, what? It, uh, and I guess the most common question is uh, time. How long yeah. does it take? You know, yep. some people think, you know, is it three hours yeah. for the for a roast? Yeah, a lot of people have no no, yeah, no, no sense of yeah, yeah what how you know because. I guess how often do you see someone roasting coffee? Like you just don't see it. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, again, um, as we we're talking about before, with the whole weather side of things, it's very dependent on that. Oh, it changes it completely, doesn't it? Yeah, and it also depends on the amount of uh, how long you've been roasting for, the amount of carbon that's built up on the bottom of the pot. Yeah. Um, so th- there are a few factors that are involved in it. Yeah. Um, basically. If you've got a hot fire, uh, the no carbon on the pot whatsoever. Yep. So um, we're talking um, soot, basically. Soot, yeah, soot um, from the fire. Yeah. Um, so say there's none of that. Your fire is at a good temperature, um, and yeah, it's, it's, say it's a it's a nice sunny day. You know, no winds, no um, you know, just bad weather in general. No, yep, yep. you know moisture is at a good level um it can take i've had roasts that have went for 10 minutes and yeah. I've, I've finished you know and That's we're talking what are we kilo wise at the moment about 1.5 yeah yeah probably probably doing about 1.5 at a time so we, we we do um fairly low amounts that's how we get our quality make that's sure right. you know we we want to make sure that um they're, they're, they're consistent in, in each batch, you know, all, right. all the beans are as consistent as we can get. And cost-effectiveness-wise, it's the worst thing we can do is do small batches, but yeah. that's, you know, we, we're focusing on bringing something so different to the market that, you know, us only being able to do 1.5 kilos is just something we've got to deal with or battle with, yeah, however you want to put it, you know, work that's, around. That's the way we, that's we have to do it, yeah. um, you know, to get... You know what we want to do the primitive roasting you know that's the way that they would have done it they wouldn't have done mass industrial batches for everyone you know they would have done batches for themselves for them family for their families maybe for the next couple mornings to last you know and then they do another roast yeah you know that's what we're doing here similar style we're doing small batches but we're just doing it all day to you know just meet meet the the amount of people that are coming in for it um but yeah, and, and uh, we don't have any uh, monkeys here that uh, eat it and poo it out or any <laughs> yeah, cats no, or anything. Nothing like so that. No, <coughs> we're um, not that primitive. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like um, on a day like today, um, you know, you've got rain, you've got a little bit of wind. You know, if I'm roasting all day, you know, the carbon builds up on the pot. It, it's going to take. Quicker. You know, it's going to take a, a bit of time. So generally. We like to keep it under 20 minutes, but sometimes, sometimes it can push um, over. over. Maybe you know just by a few minutes to 25 minutes, but yeah, that's basically as long as you'd, you'd even let it. If it takes longer than that, then there's something going wrong. Something going wrong. You got to stop the roast. Yeah, the roast. chuck it out. You maybe clean clean off the, all the soot on the bottom of the pot. Maybe your temperature's not right in the fire. Maybe you need more heat in the fire. Yeah. So, you know, that's why we... type of wood, you know. Yeah, yeah. So we've, um, you know, used a, a few types of wood, you know, 
just you know we've we've had the basic wood from bunnings and we've tried you know harvesting our own wood and we've tried heaps of different things to see what you know what how it impacts the flavor the heat that we get out of it yep. you know there's a lot you know a lot of science in it yeah know, yeah in, more involved than you, in it yeah actually think hey. um yeah so it, which is you know why i was sort of drawn to it just to you know see how such a basic thing could involve so many, so many processes yeah. you know how it could be affected by all these things so yeah um I, i'm just gonna have to say as broad as it is it can take between 10 and 25 minutes yeah. um you know depending on on the weather so and we definitely haven't finished our learning with it either like, no no you know we're, we're still at that 1.5 kilo but now we have to work out how to produce more without sacrificing without that, sacrificing that so flavor. it's still going to be at one 1.5 kilos but whether we can have two pots over the one fire or you know there's there's just increase the time in, in general it increase takes. Yeah. everything and that's that's um something me and Braden are going to work on over hopefully the next few years and just really up it to the amount where we may even be able to either open a second coffee shop or supply a second coffee yeah, shop yeah, or well, whatever it is you know yeah well initially you know we began just with one you know a small pot you know over the fire like a stock pot yeah yeah um it? just um you know we had just a couple sticks tied together with some paracord yeah you know it was very very primitive i guess you could say now um you know we realized all right we still want the primitive flavor we still want the primitive style but how can we do it to make it more cost effective you know yeah, how yeah. can we do it to you know increase um its its quality it's um how do i describe it the um each individual bean what am i trying to say the um try to get it consistent consistent yeah. Yeah, yeah so try try to make it consistent and we've done that by introducing the bigger pot with the um wider bottom on it so wider we get more surface thicker, area yeah thicker, thicker as, well. as well to hold the heat in yeah so you know there's a few things that we've but we've also tried on. tried to stay within the stainless steel realm as well yeah just for cleanliness yeah, yeah. now now we, we know that stainless steel um, doesn't produce bacteria as much as other steels will yep. so we, we we've tried to stay within that realm which is quite hard yeah you know finding a stainless steel pot that's not for one cheap mm. and made not so well and be thick enough and you know and we will probably keep experimenting but within that stainless steel realm yeah 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 always you know every every day you come in yeah you know you try to think oh what if i what can i do to increase you know productivity yeah you know introducing a fan to increase you know um put more oxygen into your fire to increase you know your flame and your heat and everything like yeah. that you know every day it's you know there's a challenge that you can try to overcome or try to improve yeah that's right you know um even just the the techniques that we use to get the flavor you know like like i said we're using different beans you know during different seasons and um you know every time we change a bean you know it's obviously going to be different again you right, know, the way that we roast got to relearn everything yep. that we've you know um built upon you know the past few few months you know on this other type of bean it's yep. all we've got to relearn wiped, wiped away and re yeah, relearned um, yes yeah, so to see for guys listening we we can't um so normal roasting 
you can you can buy um, algorithms basically is what they are but what it is is a you put into your laptop how what bean you bought and what roasting method goes with that bean and then that that tells your machine how it's going to roast it yeah now it's not that simple there's still a lot of science to electric or gas roasting yeah but we have to learn that by hand yeah, yeah, we're yeah. not we're not going off any yeah any instructions as we no, say because we can't. Yeah, the only instructions we can go off is our previous. So you know, coming back into summer again here in Australia, we will get back into that Guatemalan bean, which just did not work over winter. Oh it was no. just bitter and awful. Mm. But summer, we just we had that bean tasting awesome. Yeah. So now we can reintroduce that in our only only kind of algorithm that we can go off is remembering what we did last summer we've obviously got stuff written down but yeah um and that's kind of it you yeah. know well it's generally we can we can count on you know the basics of roasting <coughs> like you've got um obviously um the different stages that we we know are involved in roasting you know the, the certain cracks at certain times you know what what we're expecting from a general roast yeah um Obviously, it's not at the same times, which is something we have to learn each time we get a new bean. But we can generally depend upon during the earlier stages of roasting, um, there'll be a crack. That'll be the first half of the, the coffee bean opening up. Yep. Um, and at, that, at that stage, it's generally where they're actually releasing their husk, their outer shell. That's right. As well. And so, for people listening that don't know what the, the crack is, it's it's basically so your your bean opens up and it, it is full of an oil, and that oil reacts with the oxygen and heat. Yeah. So it actually makes an audible crack that we we yeah, can yeah. hear as roasters. Yeah. Well, it's it's you know a sound similar to a lot of people think that I'm popcorn. cooking popcorn. Yeah, that's right. You know, when when they look at me from a distance, they think, oh, he's cooking popcorn. They come over and they're just surprised with you know what I'm actually doing. So, yeah, generally we can depend upon that. You know. Um, once once that happens at that stage what we're doing before is we're having to empty out our coffee and blow out all the husks which are you know the outer shell of the yep. coffee um and then put it back into the pot to you know try and get it back up to temperature and obviously that wasn't going so well so now we've developed a system where we can blow out the husks but keep them in the pot yep with compressed air with compressed air um, and yeah, um, after that stage, keep going. They begin to brown. They begin to develop more of a dark colour, a bit of a smell to them yep. as well. Um, that's where a lot of people um, they come in. They say, "Oh, I can smell your coffee from you know, blah blah blah." You know. Yeah, oh, I actually yeah. had a customer in today that um, so he lives that I think the other end of the the main street here, High Street in Maitland. Yeah, and he said. Uh, certain days, he said, we can smell the coffee mm. literally across town. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's making such this beautiful presence mm. just in its aroma around town. Yeah, it's just, it's a very intense um, smell. Like yeah. Just pure coffee smell. Yeah. And it just, yeah, seeps out everywhere. Yeah. yeah. You can smell all over town. But yeah, generally at that stage um, or just a little bit after, you'll get into the second crack. And, uh, yeah, that's, you know, when 
um, the, the fin- that's the final stage, basically, where the final bit of oil is being released. Yeah, for us. For us. And so um, different roasters will only go to the first crack. Yeah. Um, but ours is too varied in its heat um, and procedure mm. to stop at the one crack. I, I tried early to really pull some out at the first crack and just, yeah. just the way that we do it um, just wasn't consistent no. enough. So your, your lighter bean and your darker bean, that, that um, the gap between was just too far. Yeah. So we generally bring ours to the second crack to close that gap. Yeah, and the way that we do it anyway is, you know, we, we release those oils and we're charring it anyway That's and right. charring the beans. So when we get to that stage, those oils are released and you can tell, you know, by the state of the pot afterwards, the, the amount of oil that's actually released that's by right. all the coffee and it just coats the, the bean in that rich coffee flavour. Yeah. And, um, you know, just the way that we do it, it gives that um, smoky flavour to it as well. Yep. So, um, yeah, I guess that's uh, just the, the way that we do it here just gives it that uh, different flavour that you can't... Yeah, unique flavour that you won't be able to get anywhere else because... Um, you know, obviously they're air roasting to start with. Yeah. Um, you know, and the way that we do it, we have direct contact with the bean that gives it that charred flavour. So that's right. Yeah, I, I guess that's. Um, and and you know, being we're quite a big shop in terms of a tattoo coffee shop. Yeah. Um, and the actual size of the building, but when you're actually relaying that over to mass-produced coffee, we're very, very tiny. Very tiny, you yes. Know, so yeah. that's, we, we can afford to do it that way. Yeah. We're not having to produce enough coffee to serve, you know, 100,000 cups a day or anything like that. We're, we're, we're sourcing our own green beans and we're serving our, our own counter for, yeah. to do coffee. So we can... Can experiment, of, you know. Yeah, we, we can we, do those things. You know, we, that, that's, you know, the whole start of this business was based purely on experimentation, you yeah. know, um, trying to bring back, you know, those old me- methods that were forgotten and only used, you know, in third world countries, you know. Yeah, they, which are still used. Yeah, still, still well. used today, yeah. but, um, yeah, mm. generally in, you know, Australia especially, you're not, you're not seeing that anywhere. No, that's right. So, you know, we just wanted to give that to the people you know show them this is where it started yeah all righty well um we'll probably finish that up for our our coffee talk yeah. of the uh of the podcast and thanks for having a chat Braden. yeah no worries and we'll, we'll speak to Braden next week all right we're on to the next part of the podcast Alright, welcome back to the second part of the podcast. So we have um, Dolan and Richard here on the couch, Hello. casting couch. <laughs> Hello. How you guys doing? Hi guys. <laughs> Alright, so we've already spoken to Nathan Scott, that's the first part of the interview, so it's going to pretty much ask you guys the same kind of questions. As I said yesterday to the other guys, this is just the, um, the introduction to all the artists um, in the studio and just kind of what the cabin's about, basically. 
So I think we'll we'll head into Dolan first. <laughs> you cool with that? I'm fine with that. that yeah, cool. Sounds a little invasive, but <laughs> <laughs> well, you are on the the casting couch. I am, yes. It got to be invasive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So first question I got down, I asked the other guys too, was where did you start and why? Um, well, I started at Crossroads Tattoos, which is now known as Impact. Yep. Um, and why was just I always wanted to tattoo, and it was the first place that I really got into. Yeah, you got a good start at. Yeah. Um, I mean, I dropped my, I guess you call it a resume, um, portfolio and stuff off at uh, two other places. One I actually started at for about a month and just, I won't name it for the sake of what I'm saying next, <laughs> but um, I really didn't feel comfortable there. It was, I basically got stuck in the back room and did nothing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, asked to do, you know, something. Yeah, yeah. Um, whether it's sweep or whatnot, and yeah, it was just, I may as well have not been there in the first place after a month, and I was without a license, so it was a pain in the ass getting there. Yeah. And so, yeah, I basically just dropped out of that. Um, the second place was actually Diabolic, where our buddy Dave here was from. <laughs> um, I felt a little bit uncomfortable because they asked me to put everything onto a USB and give it to them so they could keep it in storage. Yeah, which I which thought was a little bit strange. I even found weird. Yeah. And I was the one, well, when, when it got to an interview stage, I was the one con conducting the interview, but, yeah, right. you know, it never even got to the interview stage with yourself. So No, because you know. I didn't actually return with the USB. Uh, it was pretty much the next day I went to speak to them at Crossroads, and my house was about five minutes away from Crossroads, so it was kind of ideal location-wise. But I'd went back to speak to them and I got back in the car, started driving the other way and they told me, basically called me up, told me to turn around because they're pretty interested. And so I come around and they said, yeah, start tomorrow, basically. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's how I ended up there. Yep, yep. So, yeah. Uh, well, that's, that's good. You know, we all have our kind of different ways into this industry. It's, it's never, sort of, never um, you kind of straightforward. Yeah, it's very thing, strange it? the way it all works out. Yeah, yeah. Very much so. So, t talking time, um, you know, how long have you tattooed? What are you up to now, time-wise? Uh, this is a very tough question. Um, I don't keep track of days, so I'm awful. I've yeah, forgotten yeah. my own birthday before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually got my uh, my birth, my, my age wrong last year. <laughs> and it wasn't until I actually had a customer in. Saying that you were 23 instead of 47. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't until I had a customer in and, and they were born pretty much a couple of days either side of my birthday. A few years difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they kind of gone, no, you wouldn't be that age. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's that's my age. And they put it into a uh, an app on their phone and said, no, you're actually older than you you think by a year. <laughs> What is an app that can predict your age? <laughs> yeah, 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 apparently. I think I'm too old for that. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. That should have been in the dad joke. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I can give you a rough guesstimation, which is around about five years. Yep. Um, yeah, that's all we're, you know, that's all we're kind of chasing. Not, not I started on the 16th of February. Of <laughs> oh, absolutely, but I could be wrong. It could be four, it could be six. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but around about five. Yeah. All right, so going down to your 
kind of your style of art, your training, that kind of thing, pre-tattoo. Was there any formal training? Or? There was definitely formal training. Uh, my apprenticeship, my official apprenticeship would have been lucky to be three months worth, honestly. Yep. They sort of got in, give me a rough rundown of everything, and I think by the time I'd done my first practice tattoo on real skin, it it was half decent and he basically just sent me loose on the public yeah i i still considered myself an apprentice for probably the next two years but i was essentially a full-time artist yeah so i had the same thing yeah it was my my apprenticeship started at 10 a.m and i finished at 2 p.m yeah (laughs) (laughs) and that was it (laughs) it's um thrown in the deep end pretty much get out there and make some money Dave. yeah that's right all right, so now going to style, like, um, so we're talking influence, um, that kind of thing on your on your art. Um, uh, honestly, I think a lot of my influences are pretty obvious when I'd state them to people that know the artist, obviously. Um, and then a lot of my other influences, some of my more, uh, I guess, obscure ones, you wouldn't really pick it in a lot of my work but I think that comes down to largely just my natural how things come out of me Uh, (laughs) um, which we'll keep for a different kind of podcast yeah (laughs) let's let's get going Um, no like uh, buddy I've got the big fella up on my wall in there a portrait I drew of him Um, you might have to elaborate on the big fella yeah, I'm having problems coming up with his name right now. Paul Booth. Oh, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Booth. Um, yeah, he was really one of the biggest sort of dark style black and grey artists that appealed to me. Yeah. And he's, I mean, honestly, I could not stop looking through the endless amounts of flash charts we had in Crossroads. That of just his stuff, yeah. Every second sheet had at least one thing of his on it. Yep. Um, but... Beyond that, I actually love a lot of work from a guy named Victor Chill. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he, I love that whole new school flow, and then you look at him doing full-colour realism, and it's mind-boggling. Yeah. Some of it, he's, the fact that he must have spent five minutes mixing each colour so it matched perfectly. Yeah. It's insane. Um, and then, yeah, so most of my influences are actual tattoo artists yeah, yeah. as opposed to standard artists. Um, another guy named Timmy B. I wouldn't tell you what his last name is. <laughs> but it might be B-double-E. It could be. Uh, oh, I think it's like B415 or something on his uh, Instagram. Okay, yeah. Um, but, yeah, once again, I just love the depth and weird shapes and stuff he puts into his work. It's phenomenal. Um, and then... I guess leaning more so to the realism and black and grey stuff again uh, as another artist named Arlo. I absolutely love the way he blends stuff together and morphs it. Um, as I said, most of these guys are good influences on me, but I just try to make sure everything's mine. Yeah, yeah. And for any of you guys listening that are kind of checking out the shop and, you know, that's, that's the reason we're doing this podcast is for you guys to kind of learn a bit about the artists and that kind of thing so make sure you do go on and check out some of Dolan's work he's um 
His Facebook and Instagram are both attached to the page, so make sure you go out and check out his stuff. And, and you can really tell, um, you'll probably chime in on this as well, Richard, like you can really tell Dolan's art and you can tell the style of, of stuff he does. I, I know like what you're doing, uh, how do I say this? You're not changing the wheel, but what you're doing is really, really good and uh, you can tell that it's come from you. I would think. I think he's got a dis distinctive distinctive style, style with still keeping mm. in that realism realm. You're making with me blush. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now over over to like still along those same lines, but I've found most people working in this studio. So I've got the question written down: Does music influence with your tattooing? And and I've I put that question in basically because of the staff that we have. Now I think everyone's quite influenced by music as well. Has that influenced your art as well? Um, I'd like to say very strongly, but I think that it's more so just my general tastes come down to what I listen to music and what I like in art. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think it's necessarily... Unfortunately, I would like to say music influenced me more, but I can't say that I've actually listened to stuff and going, oh, that makes me think of this and I want to draw it. It just yeah, yeah. doesn't quite happen that way for me. Um, it's more so just... I like things that are rather bold and in your face. Um, you know, like, I like to try and make stuff look really, I guess, bulbous, um, <laughs> detailed, shapely. Um, Sexy. Yeah, <laughs> stop it. Um, so, yeah, like, uh, music-wise, I'm a little bit like that quite often too it just doesn't pique my interest if it doesn't have a lot of edge yeah yeah um i mean i can respect so much music and i can sit there here and love it but it, i don't some things make you tick and some don't yeah, yeah that's right that's what it's all about so m moving away from the the style and the influence um next question i've got is uh what made you come to the cabin and and want to come here and you know enjoy it here have you looked in the mirror mate like <laughs> <laughs> no nah, um honestly uh i've sort of known you for many many years without really knowing you yeah um just through local pub scenes and music and other mates of mine um so yeah. some some of you guys listen may or may not know i um have played in bands for many years so Hence, hence yeah. the uh, the last question as well, the the mu music influence, you know. Absolutely, and that was so. Yeah, I mean, right off the get go, I knew I was jumping into something with a decent bloke. But the big thing that sold it for me was just the idea behind it. It was actually something that I had had um, stashed away as an idea to put a coffee shop in front of a tattoo studio since I started apprenticing back at Crossroads. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, like literally probably the first couple of weeks I had back then I can't make coffee for rubbish now but <laughs> back then I used to actually work as a barista and many other little jobs I'd done left right and centre and I just thought I'll have a bad coffee addiction and I just thought it was a brilliant idea <laughs> and I mean you come here and we look at the place I mean people need food and things while they're getting tattooed it's kind of an important factor of being able to make a good solid sit so yeah it was just 
everything about it was a good idea. Where I was at was plummeting. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it was just an obviously good choice. And keeping along the lines of the, the food, which you just mentioned. Yes. So we, we actually have to, just beyond the camera over here, we have Dave from Crafty Street Eats. But I, I've got written down as a question here, um, like the, the food that we do have out the front, which I've explained to the listeners in our the first part of this podcast, yep. that we have food trucks come in. And I've got the question down, is the, is the food making you fat? Because um, I know it is me. <laughs> honestly? Well, not uh, making me fat, it's keeping me fat. Yeah, <laughs> I was on the way there anyway since starting tackling. <laughs> I've dropped muscle mass and gained weight. <laughs> um, just sitting down hunched over all the time and only getting like last minutes to eat sort of thing. I, I think it's more, we're gaining more knowledge, <laughs> but it's, it's just dropping because we're sitting down, so it's going into the belly. Yeah, yeah, it always goes downwards. Who's <laughs> this um, wee white man? <laughs> <laughs> uh, truth be told, it's... Um, I, I mediate sort of how much I eat of that because if I feel I don't eat a lot during the work day when I work anyway because if I eat I, too much I end up feeling really sluggish and just can't work properly <laughs> yeah, well that's right uh, alright so I've got a question down here you know how do, how do you deal with the gigs and what I mean by that is so for people listening again I've explained it in the first part but they're quite you know, our, our last gig, we probably had 200-odd people through the studio, you know, because we've got the live music going on, we've got the food, and, you know, we actually had a licensed bar as well, the last one. So how do you kind of deal... Like, Dolan here, when you guys come in and have a look, you'll see he, ha he has his own booth. So he, he's got a little spot to hide, but um, me and Richard don't. <laughs> 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 but, um, well, I kind of do, but... You know, it's it's still pretty open. Like, uh, Richard's reasonably hidden. He's in a completely separate room. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> but he's also on the walkthrough out to yes, the uh, yes. where the bar was. True, true. <laughs> but uh, h how do you deal with? You know, it's I kind of put it down to it similar to doing a convention, tattoo convention. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. There's just people everywhere, and you just stick your head down and do your thing. Yep. I think the only difference it makes to me, because <clears> uh, I mean. Ideally, when I've got good old clients of mine that are comfortable and there's no one else in the studio sometimes when you're working late, I'll play my music and I'll play it loud. Um, yeah. There's really not a lot of um, like conversation going on at that point because the music's too loud to actually hear. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's um, kind of the same. It's much yeah. of a muchness, really. It doesn't make much difference to me. If anything, it puts me more in the zone. Yeah, and I've found when we do have the gigs here, Everyone's really respectful. No one kind of barges into any booths. That was or the only real concern I had with the whole thing was yep. that people might come wandering and poking and prodding while you're trying to work. And yeah, but you it know, only takes an elbow bump to stuff a line. Yeah, that's right. And and, and basically, no I think the that. only thing we've had to do is um, we put a little barrier up with a sign that says, you know, no no kids running kind of thing, yeah. which is pretty minor. You know, that's pretty minor thing to put up to just keep it. And the kids all, all watch that as well and, think, oh, that's right, we're Absolutely. not allowed over there. They, they tend to get the point pretty well. I haven't had anyone come into my room and do anything obnoxious. They all come in and go, hey, how you going? Do you mind if I stick my head in for a minute? And I'm like, Absolutely. Yeah, that's Please right. check it out. Yeah, that's the way you were there for. Yeah. So going over to gear, what do you... 
we don't have to be too specific, but um, you know, just machine wires and stuff like that. And what what do you like using? And um, I can honestly say I wish I'd had a lot more uh, training on coils. I've never used. I've used them probably twice, which were set up for me, and they were <coughs> tiny little muck around things. Um, but I just like the mechanics of them. They, yeah, of they, coils. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I. But honestly, for what actually works for me with my work, I've got a what they call a um, injector flight V2 yep. set up with a 2.5 mil cam and um, a solid bar, and yep. that does pretty much absolutely anything and everything I want it to <coughs> all day. Yeah, that's right. Ease Cut, of use is puts you in a comfortable workspace. Yeah. And the other one is I have a special edition injector V1 um, brass machine that I actually bought secondhand off and plug like custom handmade brass and uh, much of a muchness really yeah. um, depending on obviously the cam setup and things and the speed you run them at very very similar feel to work with I love them both and they both do absolutely everything I could possibly ever want them to and then you run cartridges as well don't you yes yes yeah um, which well I think all of us run cartridges I now. Think so, yeah yeah, yeah oh, I think you're crazy like, yeah well cartridge is a new thing for me whether you, you know, use coils or rotaries or what you use, I think you're crazy not to use cartridges these days. I mean, they're already set and grouped for you. When you you can pump, you know, if you're doing a whole day work of walk-ins, you can pump through in and out of tattoos a lot easier, less set up. Yeah, that's right, and less heat up. Everything has to be um, throwaways anyway. So, I mean, if it saves you time, it saves you work, and they're there at your fingertips. You yeah, can use that's one right. Machine for everything without having to constantly reset up stuff. It's, yeah. I was talking to Scott yes, uh, yesterday, so the first part of this podcast. But you know, saying when when I first went over to the cartridges, it, which as I say wasn't that long ago at all. I've I've still used needle no, bars I think it was and virtually when you know, we started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And he he said to me, "Did you keep changing the machines instead of your cartridges?" And I did. <laughs> I pull the machine out and go, "Oh." Because I replug that back in and just change, you know, and it's just, you know, that whole I've been doing it for that many years that there was just you used to swapping yeah. from one machine set up to, to the other to one another. That's already. right. Yeah. Uh, so how how do you think you could see yourself growing here as an artist, as a person? I'm talking about the cabin. Uh, I don't think I'm going to grow much. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm about five he's foot hit, flat. He's hit the whole three foot. Yeah. Since he's been here. About five foot flat. I've been <laughs> that height for a few years now. I don't think I'm going up, unfortunately. <laughs> um, <laughs> as an artist, I really... I've been sort of pushing for years to try and do a little bit more and more and more and work towards it, but I really want to do a lot more colour work. Yep. Um, and I think we're in a, a good... Um, geographically, we're in a good location for that too, and, and that sounds a bit weird to some people... Um, that would be listening that aren't in the industry, but you'll f you'll find geographically you'll find certain tattoos will fit to certain areas, and I think oh. where we are is pretty good. We get we got a pretty diverse range of people I, coming I in. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> Newcastle, I found, is a bit of a harder one to crack with colour as per se. I know I'd imagine if you were living in New Jersey somewhere, it'd be pretty easy to put 
Yeah. Whereas Newcastle's a big hub for black and grey artists. It is, yeah. It's um, if you're any good at it, people jump on you pretty quick. Yep. Whereas you know, Cully is sort of, I mean, Richard's done fantastically with that. I don't know what he did. It might be, you know, might be feeding his clients something that I don't know about. <laughs> yeah. um, He's got these special colour pills. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he's done fantastic with that. He's got a good, solid clientele that expect virtually nothing but colour out of him, which yeah, is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, in the Hunter in Newcastle region, from what I can see, it's actually a bit harder to get known purely for that. Yeah, yeah. Where, uh, you know, we have so many great black and grey artists, so who wants to try and compete with great black and grey artists when you can do something different? Yeah, yeah, that's right. When you and when you're good at it and confident and yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. All right, so we're gonna head over to the other part of the couch here. So we this this is Richard. How you doing, Richard? How are you, Dave? Good, good. All right, so we'll same set of questions. You know, we'll we'll elaborate where we can and you know. I'll try and give some different answers. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so where did you start and why? <laughs> so what, what kind of brought you over to tattooing? Uh, what brought me over? Because you were a, um, I was a qualified I was, nurse. I was nursing at the time. Yeah, were you uh, like RN or? No, 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 I, was no. Just, I was just uh, I was an AIN. AIN, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was working in aged care, <laughs> which is the one thing I really didn't want to get into. I, I wanted to do anything but that, but I ended up in it and I, I really liked it. So I yeah, just yeah. kept doing it and I did that for... Oh, six years, I suppose. Yep. But what brought me over into tattooing was probably more than anything else, the proliferation of bad tattoos. And, yeah, yeah. And back <laughs> then it was only just starting to happen in backyards. And you go to a party and then someone would show you something. And then you, your, your brother-in-law would come up with something on his arm and you'd be like, oh, I, 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 I could do better than that. But I, 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 I come from a graphic design background as well. Yeah. So that was really strong in me that I could do better than that. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, that's what, that's what got me into it. Yeah, it's weird because it's actually a very similar story to me. I was getting my sleeves done, you know, years and years ago. Yeah. And kind of the studio, won't mention any names again. We don't like to do that. But um, just watching the guy that wasn't doing my tattoos... You know, there was a few guys there and just watching some of the work go out and I was, you know, I was always in this thing of, uh, I could never be a tattoo artist. They're, they're, they're this above kind of thing and now we realise that's not even remotely oh, right. Yeah. But um, doesn't work like that, does same it? kind of thing. I was watching this work going out going, I could at least do that good. Yeah. I could at least do better than that, you know. And, yeah, so s similar kind of introduction. Oh, well, something mm. to bring you over to the industry. Yeah. So what, uh, time-wise, how long have you tattooed now? I think I was still nursing in 2010 when I started practising. Yeah. And I practised for a long time and read a lot. I had some people give me some um, information uh, that was just it's hard to come by. Um, that, that, yeah, that kept me going for six months before I stuck a needle in myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that, and that would have been about 2011, yep. I think, when I started tattooing. Yeah. And then I, I, I was brought to the attention of um, a studio that had just opened up in the area. Yeah. And um, went around there one day to say hello and ended up with a job. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a very similar story to most yeah. of us, really. 
and it's probably a little bit different now. I would I would suggest anyway, you know. But um, I think yeah, it's a lot you know. tougher now. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not as easy to get into. No, well, a lot more controlled. Training. It exactly. wasn't controlled when exactly. you know. So no, I've been there was no licensing then. Fourteen years, yeah, bef way before licensing, and yeah. you know, it was yeah. just as I said, my apprenticeship from ten till ten in the morning, two p.m. It finished. <laughs> that was it. Glorious. <laughs> you know, <laughs> as a pay rise in one day, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. So next question we've got is first place you worked. Oh. Now, this seemed a bit of a tough one. Oh uh, well, it was a bikey run shop. Um, they weren't bad people. Um, yeah, they're probably one of the best bikey groups you'll ever come across, to be honest. But it was that kind of place. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's no longer around, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I and you I moved only, on pretty quick. I was only quick. there for nine months. Yeah, yeah. I moved on very quick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I got you your foot in the door and then, mm. you know, on to bigger and better things. Yes, very You know, and, and that's that's a thing, I think, in our time frame that we've been tattooing as well. That's a thing we can thank as well, you know. I, I honestly, back in those days, didn't think I'd get into the industry, you know. And, and I got the foot in the door and, you know, I... I went through some troubles as well with the, the same kind of people and, you yeah. know, <clears throat> moved on. But I got my foot in the door and I'm here now. I'm enjoying it. And you know, you we, here, yeah. we've got the shop now, you <laughs> yeah. know, and that's it. So going over to art ideas and training. So yeah. you were um, a qualified graphic designer before. Well, for I was a sign writer, graphic designer. Yeah. Many, many years ago. It was my yep. first job. Yeah, yes, sweet. So that's obviously helped with. Oh, absolutely. You know what oh, you're doing yeah. now, and the nursing, and composition of, of laying out tattoos. And it, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I used to do a lot of murals as well. As not not just not just lettering on walls. Yeah. Um, I was I was working with a fellow <coughs> in this area uh, as his graphic designer. Yeah. Uh, when he was sign writing as well. Yeah. So all of that and the nursing. And the nursing. The nursing oh. for the. I thought about it, you know, after, after we first started speaking and you, about you coming over and, and then you, you said, oh, yeah, you used to work as a nurse. And I'm like, that would be a great thing for every tattooer to do. Oh, you know, like Absolutely. I, I wish yep. I'd had that in my past. I've had a lot of different jobs in my past as well. But that's one I wish I had done just for just <laughs> learning that bit more on health. The you know, knowledge comes with it yeah and the knowledge yeah. that comes with it you know um and i respected that so you know the first day richard was here he was kind of like oh are you doing this this and this and we <laughs> weren't and and we were a very clean yeah. studio and i'm like you know what that's going to step it up yeah. above everywhere else yep so you know straight on order whatever it was <laughs> we spoke about and it's, it's now in practice but having that knowledge is amazing it oh, is cleanliness yeah. is everything in this industry, even if it's for the simple fact that the art comes out better. Yeah, yeah, that's I right. I mean, obviously, um, really, it's everything. You, you know, absolutely everything. But say you do everything perfectly and something gets infected, it heals in a week, it still causes issues with the tattoo. So yeah, I mean, yeah, that's it's right. Literally yeah. everything, yeah, not yeah. just the art. Something you don't have to deal with with a piece of paper. No, that's <laughs> yeah, right. that's right. So, same question I had over to Dolan here before about the music. Is it, is it something that's influenced you, either art-wise or? 
I don't really think I that music influences me. I don't think so. No, no. Um, it, 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 it can calm me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you're still using it as, as uh, an influence on even your work when you're working. I've got to be honest. When, if I'm doing something really complex, something that's really in-depth... You block a lot of stuff out. I can't hear anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've noticed um, that when you work, actually. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's pretty cool. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. there was one day. Oh, I'm just trying to think what the tattoo was. I can't think of the tattoo, but it was a really complex tattoo. Mm -hmm. I remember coming in uh, and I asked you just a stupid question, you know, passing question, yeah. and you were so zoned. <laughs> it did, you know, and I was like, that's sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. It wasn't it wasn't a rude thing at it. all. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I was like, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. He's so zoned and there's heaps of noise going on. Yeah. As you guys can hear in the podcast, there's coffee being um, tamped down the bottom and, you know, we can smell the coffee coming upstairs here. But um, there's always a lot of noise going on. And, yeah, like I, I can't zone it out like you do. Yeah. You know, I have that's my little daughter running around as well. So If I'm doing small little jammers... Um, putting little tattoos on people well that's a different story you know you, you know how it's going to finish as you start you yeah. know you know you know every step it's like a dance you know really well yeah yeah then you can interact with people and you can you know you can have a joke and you can you know carry on a conversation even yeah but yeah. if it's something that uh that, that, that is that complex my, once my head goes down that's it yeah you're Client locked into pass it out and i wouldn't know yeah well that, that's that's not entirely true <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, what made you want to come over to the cabin? To the cabin. Well, wow. Um, where do I start? I think, as we spoke, we've we've talked about this. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the cabin is, I think, probably the most forward-thinking tattoo studio for the Hunter region. Yeah, wow. Well, um, we're, we're doing things here that nobody else has even dreamt of doing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. People might talk about putting a Oh, oh, let's get a coffee machine. Or it's, you know, nothing comes close to what's happening here, and everything is happening here. Yeah, and it's happening here every day, and it's something different the next day. So yeah. pay attention because yeah. it's all going to change. Yeah, and that's right. I like that that it's dynamic. Yeah, that it's constantly changing, evolving, and the ideas too. The yeah. ideas that come from everywhere, that come from everybody, the people that work that's here, right. the people that walk through the door, yeah. the people that run the place. You know. Yeah. And you don't have to wait around and arm and ah, and uh, you get feedback straight away, and it happens. Yep. Or it doesn't happen, and you get told why. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, but and, that, and that's how. Yeah, that's, that's the way. It. There's good communication here. Everyone's so nice. Yeah. Even Dolan. Even Dolan, he's beautiful. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, <laughs> it's just a very friendly place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is, you know, like, I, I took, I took two years not out of the industry, but just out of the limelight in, of the industry and I, I was really struggling even being associated with the industry. Yeah. I had a really hard time, but, um, you know, and then when, when this shop kind of come about, I was like, there's only one way I'm going to do this. And it's, you know, my, my brain is scrambled at the best of times and in a good <laughs> way, not, not like a, you know, <laughs> a loose cannon kind of yeah. thing, but... It's just there's so many ideas running through my brain all the time. And I, and I had this vision of, all right, as, as you put it there and you, and you hit the nail on the head, it's not, we didn't just throw our coffee machine in the corner. 
the the coffee canner is its its own own animal. It's mm. you know we we hand roast. I've, I've said it earlier in the podcast, but we we hand roast our own coffee, and it's it's something you can't get anywhere else. We we're literally the only place in the country that does it, and that's just the coffee part of in the of country. Here. Yeah, only I've place. been telling people just in the Hunter Valley. No, 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 only place in wow. the country. Okay. There is a place in Melbourne that that has a roaster. That it's a massive industrial roaster. Does hundred kilos, two hundred kilos. Yeah. It's automated, but it's it's still run from wood fire. That's the closest anyone gets to what okay. we're doing. Okay. Well, you speak to um, pretty much any big coffee supplier, and they'll probably tell you you're crazy trying to do it. Yeah, well, when sure. before yeah. you guys were here, you know, uh, to the listeners, we 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 ran three months as just a coffee shop before our license come through. So guys listening overseas, that kind of thing in Australia, we're quite heavily regulated, and even more in New South Wales where we are. And so we had to wait about three months of paying rent and you know paying the electricity and all that kind of stuff. And just off the coffee part, which is the smaller part of this studio. Oh, and that's paying for an epic building. Well, yeah, 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 that's right. It's not just... <clears throat> yeah, so we had to kind of really build up that coffee part before before the, even, the tattooing was even... We didn't even know when our licence was going to come in, you know. And we ended up pushing and pushing and pushing, and that's what got the kind of licence come in. But, yeah, just... So that's kind of come from the part of even our coffee isn't just, as you said, a coffee machine in the corner where you've got someone just here, grab a coffee while you get a tattoo. It's no, it's its own, it's its own animal. Yeah, it's good. All right, so we, we asked uh, Dolan about the, the food and the food trucks. We've, <laughs> we've got the skinniest, tallest guy in uh, the Hunter here. <laughs> so this isn't quite fitting, but uh, have you tried the food? I brought my partner to the launch day and my and my kids hi you kids <laughs> and we had a cheat day so ah, we did you. go to the uh, crafty street eats yeah van and, and on, on the launch talk. day we had the whole <laughs> barbecue as well i think i missed that no no you had the that's what he was cooking the big oh was that what it was oh yeah, okay yeah. oh i thought that was normal oh yeah. okay <laughs> oh there you go well yeah. i went mad then yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, the food is awesome, hey. It is oh, great. It's absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Uh, it's, yeah, it's definitely a big draw card. The smell is amazing. Yeah, and yeah. it complements my it com- salad sandwich. Unbelievable. <laughs> 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 I'd be going out and just stealing a bit, you know. Can can I have some of that pulled pork, that smoked pork, <laughs> just and just put it on my here, in my kale? <laughs> yeah, I'll stick with my kale. But thank you anyway. Yeah. I do appreciate that food, yum. <laughs> All right, so going over to gear, uh, what? What gear do you, do you use? Do you like? You can talk anything, machines, uh, inks. Okay. Uh, well, I, I started out using rot- uh, rotaries. No, no, I didn't. Coils. I started out <laughs> using coils. Um, the, I had a Stanley Rogers and a... Oh, what's that fellow's name? Mickey Sharps. Mickey Sharps, that's it. It had to be a Mickey Sharps. Yeah, I've still got that machine, the first machine I ever had. Yeah, same, Mickey Sharps. Um, And I I used those for a long time. And I think I went to an expo one year and I saw this flight and I had to have it. Yeah. And all of the tattooists that I knew in Newcastle that were working at the expo that year 
They'd all, all bought it. one, yeah. bang, right there and then. I'd only just heard about it the week before. Yeah. They'd only heard about it that day. Yeah. They'd all bought one, so I thought, well, I'll give it a go. And yeah. I've tried Rotaries before, but this was just me. Yeah. And ever since then, I've, I think I've had three of them now. Um, but I've got, I've got a Cheyenne as well. What are you doing to go through three of them? Tattooing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, he the he runs his machine quite the, high I too. do. I, yeah. I, I run my machines at 16 to 18 volts. Yeah, wow. But it's the only, it's the only machine too that'll keep up with my train of thought. Because yep. if, if I'm using a machine and it's just not putting that ink in there fast enough, I stumble over myself to get to the next stage of what I'm doing. So I do work very fast. Yeah, yeah. And it, it does amaze and, and people how fast for people work. listening yeah. as well, not not in any kind of rushed format. No. Like I, I I've watched you work, mm. you know, it's little, little bits since you've been here. What's that? It's more hand motion than anything. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's you know, so so people that are listening that that aren't tattooers, you know, running a machine fast isn't rushing through a tattoo either. No. It's 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 your well, you're right-handed, are you? I am. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I always call it my right hand technique. So, you know, there's there's certain times, you you that right hand is really working fast because you it's to keep up with your machine, you know, and that that can cause less trauma to the skin, um, because you're not sitting in that same spot as long, that kind of thing. Exactly. You agree? Yeah. yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So how how can you see yourself growing? At the cabin, you know, now you don't want any more height. You, you already have to raise the ceilings when he come in. No height, Jack. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm going to be doing some experimental work, uh, hopefully over the next few months. Yeah. If I can find some good candidates. Yeah. Uh, for a lot of high contrast gradient work, with okay. an experimental style that I've that I've had brewing now for quite a while. Yep. That's my next little hurdle. Uh, then I'm going to open my own tattoo studio across the road. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, I just want to keep Call busy. it the tent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's take it one step further. <laughs> uh, I've run a tattoo studio. I don't think I'd ever run another one ever again. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, it has its, its uh, set of hurdles, doesn't it? It's a challenge. It is. Yeah. I think we've got a great crew here, though. Yeah, well, uh, that's we're got to make really, it easier. Yeah, it yes, does. Absolutely. Having yeah. a decent team. Yeah. It does. And, you know, me working in the industry for so long, I, I kind of knew the problems that that could arise, but what causes problems as well. Mm. You know, e even down to, you know, I said to... I don't think I even said it to you, Richard, because I knew you used uh, cartridges anyway and that kind of system, but when I first spoke to the guys, I was like... I'm not even putting a steriliser in <laughs> because everything in this studio is going to be disposable. Sink or swim. Have a cartridge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. you know, you get disposable tubes and needles as well. But um, yeah. the thing, you know, one of the things I remember, and this is just one point, but um, your, your kind of dirty room in a studio where you have your steriliser and, you know, any any needles and, uh, sorry, not needles, they're obviously going to needle bin, but your, your tubes that have been used and that kind of thing and mm. tubes being taken that weren't theirs and oh, someone yeah. leaving their tubes yep. for three, four, five weeks, Which you know, that kind of thing. And it, it, that's, 
It's it's a juncture where all of these things come together. That's right. All when of these people come together. You know, so another brilliant <laughs> thing the rotor is a cartridge systems have helped eliminate. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. But you know, even as I say, I, I wasn't even on cartridges when I first started this. I was still yeah. on disposable tubes and disposable needles, but um, not the full cartridge system. But that's made it even easier again. But so you've yeah. adapted quite well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't find it. There's a few little things I think you can't do with a cartridge that you can do still with um, a tube and needle system. You know, I, I used to I, I'd bend mine a certain way, oh. you know, and just bending the needles, you can't really do no. that as well. You no. can't do it anywhere near as well, but I still do with nearly every needle I pull out. Yeah, yeah. I'll push the needle out to the max and then give it a little bit of a tweak yeah. the other way to try and get it sitting in yeah that's corner. right but when you've got a um well for people that aren't listening uh sorry aren't tattoos that are listening you know having just a an older style bar it's probably what a three inch bar that you can manipulate exactly how you want it but these new systems you can, you don't have that you bar have that the, the bars are part of your machine but yeah just overcoming those hurdles mm. yeah it was it was really cool but uh, one of the things actually with that is I used to love with some of your thicker line work and stuff was torching liners, torching the liners. Yeah, that's Something, right. Something um, you can actually do with the cartridges, but as long as you don't burn the plastic, you stuff up and melt the tip. That's right. And then you got to throw that out and start again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's fantastic. Obviously. So for people again that aren't, aren't tattooers that are listening, that's uh, you know applying a flame so from a lighter to the actual tip of your needle just to. Um, they're soldered together. All your fine needles are soldered onto the end of the needle bar. So it when just you opens apply them up. a bit of a flame to it, it softens it enough that the needles actually open up from each other a tiny bit, just allowing to hold more ink and push more ink into the skin easier. And which absolutely. still keeps the needle sterile, which oh, is one of the things you would obviously worry about. Absolutely. But applying a flame is fine for that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah, you know, going back to... Where, where this kind of come from, just getting rid of those little issues where there isn't a load of tubes hanging around and, and people aren't going, oh, well, that, no, that was my one, you know. Yeah, no, now, good. you've got yeah. your own bench and you've got your own gear, you know. But I think that was that was one of the, the visions that I, I seen and the experience that I have as well is you get rid of those niggling little things and then you staff it with some really cool, nice people there's no reason why it can't work and no. it's not when we're it's all in the ideal jobs yeah dream job yes. yeah 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 yep and you know it's just uh, i'm pretty sure i said it to scott nathan as well the um the lack of ego in this shop i've never worked mm. at a shop that doesn't that 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 has no ego <laughs> you know like yeah. we, we scott was saying you, that you can be proud of what you do. Oh. Proud and then being egotistical are two different things, completely different things, I think. And I think that's a big thing with our team as well. We've got some proud artists that are doing some amazing work, mm. but we haven't got egos, you know. There's no one taking over Facebook posts and that kind of thing, which is something I've experienced as well. Yeah, yeah I have to Absolutely. agree with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, I, think it's, I think the rock star... Ego, I think it's becoming a thing of the past. Yeah, in yeah. Industry, I would like anyway, to hope it is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not. The industry's changed. 
It has. And the people are changing with it. Yeah. Slowly. But I don't think the rock star ego is, is such I've a I've always a had a thing. small issue with the... Um, I was about to tell me what I'm doing wrong here. No, no, the description <laughs> of rock star. Everyone's like, <laughs> at the end of the day, when somebody turns around and instantly labels somebody as a rock star, if they're proud of what they're doing and they're happy with it and... You know, and they're doing successfully and they're well known. They start pushing you, oh, this guy just wants to be a rock star. Nah. In no, our no, industry, right. to be successful, you have to be well known. You have to be confident in what you're that's doing. That's right. If, if you go to somebody without confidence that you can actually achieve at least close to what they're after, and you don't have that, then you probably shouldn't be going near the skin in the first place. Yeah, yeah, that's that's totally right. But yeah, that's a, that's what we were chatting about. Like, confidence and ego are totally absolutely different, different things. things. Yeah. You know, I just want to make money and do pretty pictures. Yeah, yeah. well, that's right. You know, we still what, we want to feed our kids. Mostly money. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Yeah. You know, we still want to feed our kids, but be able to. I Function. think we're probably wired a little bit differently as well where these kind of creative ideas and um, visions and stuff are coming out quite often and if you don't feed them and it, the way we feed them is tattoos and, you know, if we play music or whatever we do, that's the kind of way we feed it, feed it as uh, creative types, I guess. But where we can, we can feed that part of our brain and still make a living... I think it's amazing. Mm. Oh, absolutely. I think if you took out the the money out of the equation, I think I'd still be tattooing at least two days a week. <laughs> yeah. If you took all the money out of the equation and I had to work a normal full-time job to get by, I'd still be forcibly tattooing two days a week. Yeah, because you enjoy it. Because That's right. it's something that I... Yeah, it's a part of me. You don't take on being a tattooist, I don't think. Uh, lightly. It's a completely different lifestyle change. You have to take it on as a part of yourself. Yeah, that's totally right. Or so I feel about it. It's sort of, yeah, it's it's another part of yourself. It's another step in life. Yep, yep. All right, so we're, we're coming to the end of the, the tattoo part of the podcast. We're, we're, we're going to have a little bit more uh, with some other kind of members of the team, but any anything you guys want to want to add to it or... Um, Put you on the spot now, haven't yeah, I? Well, yeah, thanks yeah, for the heads I up there, Dave. Didn't um, really prep for this part. I've, <laughs> uh, I've, I've, you don't have to uh, add anything. It's all good. How are you on the Middle <laughs> East? Um, well, <laughs> I can't know. Where the... Yeah. <laughs> where the Middle East come from? Well, where'd that question come from? I don't know. That's right. He where's pulled, the, where's he the pulled it out of his butt. I wanted to throw him a yeah. curveball, and I did. <laughs> um, I don't know. Come in and get lots of colour tattoos. <laughs> yeah. And don't forget the black and grey, though. That's still very important. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but you can All get right, that well, anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks for having a chat. And um, So let, let's give people some um, places to go to find your art. So what's your Instagram um, handle? This what? is Dolan. Yes, yes. That's My right. Instagram. We've just given Richard 30 seconds to think of his. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my Instagram is um, DFK Tattoos. Yep. Uh, and I have a Facebook page as well, which is DFK Inc. Art. Yep. Now, um, all of these um, are accessible from our Facebook page as well. Yes. I think we've got all the links and our, uh, the shop Facebook page. But yeah, what's, what's yours? My Instagram. Have you remembered? I think it's Richard Zappa Tattoo. Yep. 
Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure if you uh, type that in, it'll it'll come up. Anyway. It, it, it will. It will. Some Richard Zappers that tattoo will come up. Just yeah, yeah. look for a tall broomstick <laughs> with Fred Zappers face yeah. taped to it. Um, but, I, but I've got a. I don't have a like page on Facebook, but I've just got a personal page. Yeah, yeah. I'm it's not same. really all that personal, and I get all my clients to friend me. So if you see me on Facebook, friend me. Yeah, yeah. I, I work the same way. I yeah. I keep putting off the the tattoo page as such. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm too old or. <laughs> I, yeah, I, just, I have pages yeah. for everything, though. Every part of my life has a page, but I've never done it for the tattoo part. I don't know why. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for, thanks for having a chat, and um, we'll see you guys in the next part of the podcast. Thanks, Dave. Oh, awesome. Thank you.